Recorded live. Oh, yes, we are back live uh, with the preseason, season opener, whatever you want to call it, inaugural first episode of the season uh, with five-minute major. Uh, this is your host, uh, Mason. I am joined by my favorite three guys to uh, bullshit with and to talk hockey. Uh, we'll start with Nick in New York. How are you doing tonight, Nick? Groovy, man. How are you? Great. What's new? Man, not much. It was uh, it was a long summer. That's what happens when you shit the bed in the first round, though, I guess. Long summer for hockey, uh, people interested in hockey. Not long enough for anything else, really. It's already October the 2nd, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, oh, something else that's ridiculous is doubles. Doubles, how are you doing tonight? Greetings, Jared. Uh, it's nice to hear the velvet tones of your silky smooth voice. Once again, I miss you, my friend. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'll use my radio voice for you. Um, glad to have you back, Doubles, of course. And lastly, certainly not leastly, but he was the, the latest one tonight. Uh, that's Mike Berg. How are you doing, Mike? My phone is working tonight. I'm so happy. <laughs> I can't wait to, for a, another entire season worth of Mike Berg phone problems on the podcast. That'll be a new new segment. Um, but just to go back to the opening, uh, yes, it's uh, we're in the midst of preseason and uh, in the midst of a preseason game, no less, for the Minnesota Wild who are playing right now. And by all accounts, uh, at the last check, they were winning three to one or so, um, with plenty of time to fuck that up. So we'll see how that goes and how the rest of the preseason goes, uh, which is one of the subjects we want to talk about tonight. But first, uh, backing up a little bit, uh, just to recap, um, you know, one of the biggest stories that will be a constant throughout the season is uh, our new coach, Bruce, Bruce oh, I've already started butchering the first name, time. Bruce Boudreau, uh, who takes over the head coach position. Um, so, you know, we've, a lot of people, we've had a, even several podcasts about it, but let's, you know, we got, we've gotten to see uh, his system for three games, three and a half games now. So, what, considering his pedigree and what we know he's capable of from his previous teams, um, first question for you guys, and we'll go to Nick first. But what do we what do we expect? We're what what are we supposed to get from a, a, a Bruce Boudreaux coached hockey team? Yeah, I mean he's talked about he wants to be fast and in your face and on your toes and pressuring and things like that and that's great i mean that, that that's great and, and as you mentioned i mean clearly it has worked for him in the past uh i i think that that i question whether or not we have the horses to do that i question whether or not we've ever had the horses to play that kind of a game uh and you know the, the other maybe equalizer is that we don't have a finisher the likes of which he has had in his prior two stops at the NHL level, of course, Ovechkin and the other guys in, in Washington who are the, who are the, the premier scorers then, and then, you know, um, the Perrys and Getzlaffs and those guys uh, in Anaheim. So, you know, I, I think that's what we're supposed to get. And, you know, you've heard and you've read from Russo and other people that lately he's been, Bruce Boudreau has been disappointed with the kids in camp, not grabbing open spots. And, you know, you wonder if that's just, uh, you know, a commentary on the overall skill level that we have here or some reflection of his, the, what he wants to see from his style of hockey, not getting, not getting through to kids so far. 
good points uh, about whether or not we have the the right people for his system. Um, Mike, anything to add? Um, so if we, we if we know what we're supposed to get from him based on who he has to work with on his roster, what do you think we're going to get instead? Well, I think we bring up a good point here because in Washington he had Ovechkin and Anaheim he had Getzlaff and Perry basically in the primes of their careers. Um, it, you're not going to find that on the Wild roster. There, there's no Ovechkin on the Wild roster. I'm sorry to say. Um, Hey, there's no Perry or Getzlaff either. What the Wild do have are guys like uh, Charlie Coyle and Zach Parise and Nina Niederreiter. And what I'm hoping we see develop over the course of this season and presumably next season and, uh, you know, over the next few seasons, um, and, and this may be more of a long game, um, but what I'm hoping that we're going to start seeing is uh, Boudreaux kind of talk about, talk to some of the young players on the team and say, like, look, this, this is what made Ovechkin successful in the NHL. This is what made uh, Perry and Getzlaff successful, and I want to see the same things out of you guys. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to see the same talent level, but he can still talk about the work ethic and the style of play he wants to get out of those guys. And and I think that that's where we may see some dividends pay off, um, especially with the Pedro coach team. Um, and, you know, he's also talked about uh, his assistants coming in and working with the defense. Um, I, I really – Think that we might be able to see some uh, some development coming in the way from some of the younger defensemen like Dumba, Riley, Brodeen, um, some of those guys. Hopefully, working with Scott Stevens a little bit and, and maybe kind of learning a few things from him. Yeah, hopefully the the Boudreaux and the I mean, obviously uh, Mike Green was a, a good player before Bruce Boudreaux got him, but um, you know, hopefully he's able to. That it may, hopefully that's in you know, Mike Green's success is indicative of. Um, Bruce's system and whatnot, and maybe we see something like that with with Dumbo, like you mentioned. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss over a surprise follow up question to Doubles, just because I I just happened to think about it and it I think it's relevant. And there was a, a tweet of yours a, a couple days ago, maybe Doubles. Um, it was a little, it felt a little outlandish. So I'll set you <laughs> up for that to defend it, but. I believe the tweet was something along the lines of until the wild have a couple of players on the Canadian national team that will, you know, I'm paraphrasing. So, you know, pardon me, but uh, that something along the lines of we'll, we'll not see very much success from the team until we kind of have that caliber of player or two, I think is uh, what you said. So what do you think of that? And especially in relation to what we might expect out of uh, uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce's team this, this season. That's, uh, after watching the World Cup of Hockey, that is a conclusion that I have come to. Is uh, you know the Wild sent six players to the World Cup. There's a chance we just lost doubles. Uh, <laughs> just as his rant was getting going, <laughs> I know that sucks. Um, Nick, why don't you pick up where we're possibly doubles left yeah, off and. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think his point, and it's a well, it's a well taken point. I mean, his point is that you know we didn't have anybody who would have cracked the team Canada lineup, and you know part of that's just the guys where you take guys from. But you know, just at a skill level, I mean, I don't think if Parisi and Suter and Koivu and Granlin and Haula and Nino had been Canadian, I don't think they could pick that team. I think is the point, and that's um, and and if they have, you know, and, and and I think that's sort of underscoring what we've been talking about here and. And you know what Mike was talking about as well, and that 
we just don't have NHL top line caliber type players. And so it's always such a struggle. We've talked about it so many times, guys, that it's always such a struggle for this team to score. And then you just can't be perfect for 60 minutes a night defensively. And so the couple of times that they, they aren't perfect, they get scored against. And then that's the game. I mean, in all, in all honesty, that, that ends up being the game. Yeah. Can't, can't argue with, with doubles. And I'd like to point out, too, my favorite thing of doubles dropping off the call is he's probably still talking and getting his thoughts <laughs> up, not knowing that he's no longer being recorded. Uh, so thanks for pitching in there, Nick. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Mike, anything to add there? Um, so I think it comes down to kind of um, are we, is uh, Bruce's historic success dependent on having those kind of star players like Ovechkin, uh, which we you know all agree that we don't certainly don't have. To a certain extent, the player you know having great players is one thing, but knowing what to do with them. And and having the whole system, I, I think that really, I, I really do believe that that's a big part of, of success in the NHL. You know, ha- having a star player or two, um, you know, really elevates your your the 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 top of your team. But what you do with your second and third lines, I, I really think that that also uh, is going to play a factor. And you know, hopefully Boudreaux is the type of play, his coach, and he appears to be who can can get the whole team going in the right direction. Um, you know, so being a coach isn't just, you know, having great players. Um, it's also a matter of knowing what to do with your, not only your best players, but your support players as well. And is he going to be able to um, adapt to not having superstar players? I, I think that's one open question. Yeah, it'll just, be an interesting – oh, doubles is back? I think he just fell okay. back into the call. I, I kept expecting him just to start talking over me at any point. <laughs> no, you're doing it all wrong, I don't think Talk Shoe or probably more specifically you clown cared for what I was about to say there. But I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> talk Shoe. <laughs> all right, Doubles. Lay it on us. Ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully you can abridge your rant a little bit. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> five to six. Five to six wild players that were off in the World Cup, Matt Parisi, Ryan Suter, Granlin, Paula, and Koibu came back uh, from the Nino. World Cup of Hockey without a win. Um, out of the six that went, Nino, Nino's team advanced to the finals, and nobody expected that. Um, so coming into training camp, kind of the storyline was, well, we're going to get a good look at all the young guys because the veterans – you know, the big boys will be coming back in after the World Cup. And when Finland and Team USA claimed out, uh, they essentially only missed about one day of camp. And now what worries me about this team is everybody went into camp kind of thinking, okay, you know, big boys aren't here. And then just kind of seeing the way those guys performed at the World Cup, or still I'd say underperformed, um, it's not like the – not like the cavalry came back into town. Right. Uh, From my standpoint, the big improvement possibility for the Wild this year, and Bergie already hit on it, uh, to me that opportunity exists on the blue line and what Scott Stevens is going to do with guys like Dumba, Rodin, and Scandella. And, you know, possibly Mike Riley. So that's where I look for this team to improve 
Um, that's where I think they have the biggest opportunity for improvement, and that's what I'm hoping to see. You know, it's interesting. If, if, you, if you extrapolate from Stevens coming in and talking about how psyched he is to work with some of these young defensemen, uh, if they don't perform well this year as a team, and we get to the point where now we've got to make some decisions ahead of the uh, ahead of the expansion draft and ahead of free agency and just trading assets anyway, it makes me wonder. You know, all last year or most of last year, we were so focused on which D gets traded. I wonder if maybe we should switch that thinking, given that we assume Stevens will be around for beyond the season. Switch that thinking to you know, if they fall down this year, which Fs get traded, which for, young forwards they part. <laughs> To bring in, to bring in, you know, either new assets or draft picks or whatever. Uh, very valid point. Well, who do you think doubles? I don't know that any of the forwards really should be untouchable. Anybody think yeah. anybody, you know, anybody should be? No. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's always been whether they should be or not is not the same as. Uh, who actually is untouchable in Fletcher's eyes, and you you probably throw out the the kind of core guys there that you know he wouldn't wouldn't ever trade just because of uh, fear of the fan base or whatever it is. But you know I, I doubt. Well, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with it, but I I bet yeah, he honestly, isn't going to get rid of Koivu or anything like that. Parisi. Oh, honestly, the only player who 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 could not be traded is Tom and Bill. <laughs> Because yeah. no one would take him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just look at here's the guys who are RFAs after this season: Granlin, Niederreiter, Haula, Schrader at forward, uh, and then the only UFA is Dalpy. But whatever, I mean, you know, who? Um, Zach Zach Dalpy. But um, oh. you know, so th- I, you know, I don't know if you want to trade an RFA necessarily. But the point is, there's guys who are not under contract beyond this season, and you know that you can't protect all of them or very few of them because of all the sure. goddamn no trades, all the goddamn no trades that Fletch has given out to everybody else and his mother. So um, uh, I think, I wonder if there's something to that. We shall see, certainly. Uh, the other thing we'll sh- we shall see is, um, you know, the the two rosters that Boudreaux has, has coached uh, prior to us uh, on paper are arguably better teams than the Wild, and this will be kind of an experiment for him to, to uh, do well for us to see whether or not you know it's his coaching or or if it's his players that have gotten him the success that he has gotten. So, lots a lot of interesting things to watch with Boudreaux uh, for the rest of the season. Um, and as we mentioned, also the the preseason is uh, is underway. Anybody got a, a score update on the wild game? Have we given up that that buffer yet? Three one final. Yep. Huh? Three one. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Two and two in preseason, right? Is that uh, is that where we're at? Anybody have any kind of insight uh, to how the preseason has gone? Um, doubles. How about how about you? Any 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 thoughts on preseason so far? Yeah, I caught a little bit of the Winnipeg game the other night, and you know it was a game where the Wild kind of sent a limited roster to Winnipeg for that game. By limited, I mean they had a lot of younger guys in and uh, not many of the veterans. And I saw a play where Jess was stuck on goal. Doobie should have been, you know, looked like he should have been able to cover it. He wasn't able to cover it. The defenseman kind of let Rene Bork slide in, and he, you know, just slammed, uh, slammed the rebound right in the back of the net. And my first thought was, okay, no big deal. 
uh, the young lineup, you know, those things happen. And then as the players kind of turned, it's 46 and 25 in front of the net. And uh, Doobie, who's manned the net for most of the last two years. So kind of hoping they're able to pick things up a little bit. But I really – I don't put a lot of credence in the preseason. I mean, yeah. if they would go – I don't know if they're going to play six games or whatever, but if they were going to go 6-0, and all, I wouldn't put any credence in that because it doesn't mean shit. But right. By the same token, if they went 0 and 6, to me that would be pretty pretty bad red flag and some reason for concern. Um, so I, you know, obviously would like to see him start putting the puck in the net a little bit. And I think he's got to be significantly better. Has uh, Has Kemper seen any preseason time? Yeah. How's he done? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's seen time. My observation is the losing team in each of our four preseason games has only scored one goal. There you go. Buffalo, Buffalo once, us twice, and and Carolina tonight. Goodness. I thought Kemper, Kemper, Kemper may have come in in that Winnipeg game, and um, one of the Winnipeg forwards came down the left wing and was forced outside by the D and went around the net and somehow was able to just wheel around and stuff the puck into the net. I don't know where Kemper was or how he wasn't able to go close to close, but uh, they, they, they need better goals then, regardless. Yeah. A minor league wraparound that worked in preseason NHL game. That sounds about right. So, all right, you know, despite not having a terrible, you know, goals allowed in, in the preseason so far, um, you know, kind of like Nick said, a, a meh report on Kemper for preseason. What about any, anybody else in preseason? Who, who, who has looked uh, good or, or bad? Um, any of the, the kind of bubble guys that we've talked about a whole lot over the last couple of seasons? Um, who, anybody, uh, Mike, you got any insight on uh, who looks good or bad so far? Yeah, I, I, I saw on Reddit uh, one of the Winnipeg fans came in and, and said uh, that Alex Tuck is uh, going to be a hell of a player. Um, it sounded like the, the Winnipeg fans were really impressed with, with how he played uh, in that game. Um, you know, so from that perspective, I, I think that's one, uh, that's one bright spot for the wild right now. Um, so, you know, ho- hopefully Alex Tuck is the kind of kid who can, who can show something here. Um, from what I've read, it sounds like he's still a little bit raw, still needs to work on a little bit, work on his game a bit. Uh, but, you know, he, he's, he's one of those guys where I'm, I'm actually kind of excited right now to, to see what he can do. Uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get a look, maybe uh, a game or two out of him this year in, in, with the NH, with the, the Wild. Hopefully not too many. Um, you know, we, maybe we can get into that a little bit later. Oh, yeah. You mean, are you referring to perhaps, you know, uh, the the insatiable desire our front office has had in in years previous to rush players uh, into the team a little bit too early. It's been going on for, what, 16 years now. I mean, Marion <laughs> Gabrick, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, Ooh. I mean, how, how many of those guys were rushed to the NHL? You know, <laughs> this team has been doing it since day one, it seems like. Um, and Chuck Fletcher talks about how he wants to leave players in the minor leagues as long as possible, a la Detroit. But um, honestly, I, I, I don't really see it. Um, I, I did an analysis uh, last year uh, on the, the wild defensemen, 
and uh, I think Marco Scandella was the, the defenseman who had the most uh, minor league experience out of all the wild defensemen at that point, and it wasn't very much. Uh, we, we look at Matt Dumba. He had, what, half a season in, in, the, in the minor leagues? Um, Same thing with you know. your, your boy Brodeen, too. Very little. Yeah. He had, he had, he had half a season. And then yeah. he was injured for the entire other season or something like that. But uh, so um, we'll switch to you, Nini. Uh, any anybody on the current roster who kind of you're worried is being or has already been uh, a victim of being rushed too soon? You're talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Suter? No. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Go back I mean, to they, Iowa. Yeah. No. They. they uh, I mean, I think you could argue that Nino was ill-developed. Uh, I don't know if that means he was rushed too soon, but that wasn't by us. It was by the Islanders. Um, you know, I, I, I no think choice. that... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of... Um, who... I, I must be forgetting somebody, but, you know, I don't... I, I You know, Zucker certainly spent time in Iowa or, or uh, Houston or wherever that was at the time. Know. You know, Dumba did... Uh, Scandella did, I think, and so I don't, I don't know. I kind of feel like this current crop has had, you know, more time in the minors than previous crops or individual other people have in the, in the team's history. But, but I'm probably forgetting several people. Yeah, I think, I think we've talked before about how we would be totally fine if, uh, you know, last year Dumba had been sent down a little bit. I think we were also kind of at the same time worried about. O'Reilly getting a whole lot of time up here. Um, doubles, any any thoughts on any of those players uh, or certainly any concerns currently with uh, young players that we had been playing a lot at the end of the year and look to be look to make the team uh, for go live uh, uh, for game one? Yeah, and I think uh, if memory serves me correctly, which it rarely does, but I think, <laughs> you know, guys like Gumba and uh, – you know, last year when he wasn't on the VIP prospect plan, Mike Riley, um, <laughs> those guys were, you know, part of the discussion of why they were why they were hanging with the Wild instead of being in Iowa was because of how horseshit the Iowa Wild was and how yeah. toxic the environment was. And I think the Wild maybe kind of, misdiagnosed the greater issue there. Um, you know, if the if the team is horseshit and if the environment's toxic, why are you using those excuses to, you know, potentially stunt and inhibit the development of guys like Dumba and Riley by pulling them up to the NHL before they're truly ready? So I think that speaks to an overall lack of depth in the organization and that falls I have the feet of general manager, so I'm concerned. Yeah, oh, you're well already said. calling out Fletcher in the first episode of the season, but I like it. Um, so how does, so many friends. How, <laughs> how does uh, so the, the term Damn bubble it, player? Sorry. We want to talk about. Well, <laughs> we want to talk about bubble players too tonight, and I, I was just wondering off, off the top of my head while doubles was ranting is a. Uh, how does one fall to become a bubble player, uh, and if there's any relation to being rushed too too soon? But uh, in general, though, how do our our bubble players look? Um, you know, or how how confident are you guys in in those those players? Whether they see time on the 
a big club or not, you know, is there any concern for that fourth line, especially, or, or any of the bu- other uh, bubble players? Yeah, Tyler Grayback. Why? Why is he still? Why is he still part of the conversation? Um, <laughs> he is, from from everything I've read, he has not been impressive so far. He's not caught Goudreau's attention, and uh, neither has has Ryan Carter. You know, Ryan Carter is on a PTO. He, if anyone's got something to prove, it's Ryan Carter, and he hasn't he hasn't shown anything to show that he deserves to be here. So, you know, why are we still entertaining these guys right now? Um, you know, Zach Galpi, he's obviously not going to you know make any impression this year. Pat Canole, he's not going to make any impression this year. Do we really want to have Joel Erickson Eka as our fourth line center? Um, you know, because <laughs> as we, as we're talking about, I mean, yeah, it's great that he's getting some time to develop in Sweden and I kind of I'm, I'm secretly hoping he does go back to Sweden for one more year just to get a little bit more development but why are guy you know why are we still entertaining guys like Tyler Gravak and Ryan Carter if they're not if they're not showing anything what any reason why they deserve to be here how many other guys Wait. in the NHL are on PTOs with other clubs that the Wild can go out and sign right now I think that's a fair point I mean Obviously, the best player we would have had in camp for one of these lower lines would have been this Fleischman guy, but he was proved unhealthy. So, um, you know, yet again, tough move by Chuck. In the in the case of Ryan Carter, and I would also put Nate Prosser in this exact same category. You know, these guys are in the, in camp. You know, potentially as bubble players. I mean, really, what is what does the Wild hope to see out of these guys? And, you know, maybe it's more so for Boudreaux and Stevens. But, I mean, Chuck Fletcher certainly knows what Ryan Carter is. He certainly knows what Nate Prosser is. I mean, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to all of a sudden show you something now that they're in their 30s um, that they haven't, you know, shown before. I mean, the Wild knows what they are. Fletcher does. Yeah. I think they're there for, you know, for motivation for the kids, right? Yeah, I mean they're 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 there because they are known quantities, and they're they're kind of a benchmark for the kids, and and you know cattle prod for them too. Look, bust your ass, otherwise fucking Ryan Carter's going to take your job. <laughs> uh, they're you know they probably add some veteran presence to whether you know whether that's leadership or not, but who knows if that's actually coming from those players? Uh, I don't think I certainly wouldn't know, but um, how much how much more expensive is a player like Ryan Carter compared to, you know, some young kid that, that could come in and do the same, well, certainly produce the same amount or, or be as effective. Um, is, is it, is it, is it a concern for wasting money on these, these guys who are bubble players where, where, you know, they're getting a lot of attention when somebody else could just do the same job effectively. That's I think only in that, Yeah. Yeah. And I can in the case of somebody like Eric Vanek, I think the big question is where is his development best suited? Is it in St. Paul? Is it in Des Moines? Is it in Farstad or Sweden or wherever he's from? <laughs> I mean, yes, he, he I mean, better well too. Eric Vanek's uh, pro contract is worth eight ninety four a year this year, right? So, I mean, that's got to be. That could argue that might be more than what Carter would make. I mean, is Carter <laughs> going to pull down a million? I mean, it's going to be right in the right in range. I would expect Carter to be in the uh, league minimum, veteran minimum. What is that, seven hundred thousand? Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Exactly. 
Someone find out, because if it's more than a million, I, I want to hear you guys, like, your brains explode. No chance okay. it's more than a million. No. No way. Carter, no way. Carter, Carter would get 600K. Would get? What is he? What, did anybody know what he is getting, though? Oh, no, he's on a, P- just, he's on oh, a PTO. Damn. I believe All six, right. six, between six and seven is the league minimum. So that, that's that's all he's he's worth right now. That's his uh that's his nickname now, league minimum. We'll call, anytime we refer to him for the rest of the season, it'll be league minimum. <laughs> all right, well let's move on to uh, another point uh, or another question. So, all right, we're we're two and two in the preseason. We've you know discussed uh, uh, storylines like Boudreaux and and other uh, storylines like young guys, whether or not they're going to do any good. Uh, bubble players, all sorts of stuff. So, what do we think uh, heading into the season? Um, are are we confident that we will improve, or um, you know, it, will this be a, a retraction from the relative? I I just did air quotes again. Relative success of last season, where we kind of matched our expectations, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, Nick, what do you think? Um, are we gonna are we gonna improve or not on on last season this uh, for this coming season? I just don't see it. I mean, to me, the the improve or not seems to hinge on can the degree to which Boudreaux can work magic with this team, right? That that well, he's never missed the playoffs, or he's only missed the playoffs, or whatever. He's won his division eight or nine years. You know, he's the he's the Bobby Cox of hockey coaches. You know, whatever. Um, you know, the the problems we have had with this roster are are largely still intact, um, and some of those problems are exacerbated for the fact that those players are now a year older. So I just don't see it. I mean, I also riddle me who else in the West is all of a sudden going to get weaker, you know, I, 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 you know, so, and and you've got teams like, I'm not, I don't think they're going to still going to push for a playoff spot, but it's not inconceivable that, you know, look, the odds say that sooner or later Edmonton has to, Right, catch lightning in a (laughs) bottle and, or not the, the Oilers have to catch lightning in a bottle and finish in like, you know, eleventh place in the West. You know, I mean, so, um, so I, I, I just, I am. My expectation is the same as it was last year, which is that they win two rounds. But, um, but if you were asking me where I would, at what point I would stop being willing to put down money, I don't know that I would bet on them to be a playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming up and it on the first episode. I love it. <laughs> part of me, part of me, was thinking that through all of the extended postseason runs they've had over the last several years, that the Chicago Blackhawks may be kind of running on fumes this year, and uh, that they might have a down year. And then I saw a stat at the World Cup of Hockey that Jonathan Taves, that Team Canada, is like forty-seven and one since Jonathan Taves has come on board. So Yikes. I kind of backed That's off good, that right? stance. A little bit, um, quite prolific, yes, Nathan. <laughs> so, what do you what do you think, Dubs, for the Wild? What do you, um, I, you don't have to call it a prediction, but are we are we? Do you feel like we're going to improve or or suffer? I feel like I feel like if I was optimistic, I would say they are going to be a bubble playoff team, fighting for that eighth spot. Kind of all and, we, and we know you're not optimistic. 
You know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you What do you think, Mike? Improve or suffer? Well, the the way I look at it, and it's kind of kind of where Nick was going with this is that look at look at the other teams in the Central. You've got Winnipeg; they're on the rise. Uh, you've got Colorado, who is no longer a gimme, although they're they're pretty far down there. Uh, you know, because Patrick Waugh is not going to gift us with any, you know, crazy antics or anything. Um, you have Dallas. They're not going – they're not going anywhere. They're going up. Um, the Blues, maybe. I mean, they lost David Backus, but, you know, that, that may turn out to be a net positive for them. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't expect them to lose much steam right now. Um, and if anything, you know, I would, I would argue that Chicago is on the decline, and, and they have been for a while. Um, so where does that leave the Wild? It, it leaves the Wild with no room at all. They need, they, they need to get better if they want to continue to hold their place in the Central Division and be a playoff team again. They must be better than they were last year. And I don't, and I don't necessarily know if that's even possible considering, you know, the changes they made in the offseason. I mean, Eric Stahl, yeah, that, that's a great move. Uh, Granlin to the wing, Coyle to the wing, those are great moves. Those are really smart moves uh, by the team. Um, and they absolutely need to make those moves. Um, but w- where else are they right now? I already talked about some of the depth lines. You know, they're really a black box for me right now. I don't know what to expect from them. If Tyler Gravak can't, if Tyler Gravak and Ryan Carter can't catch the attention of Bruce Boudreau, what, where does that leave the fourth line on this team? Where does that leave the third line? What happens if we lose Koivu or Stahl or any of the top flight players on this team for an extended injury? It, it, they're fucked if that happens. I think the Man, bigger question is, I, I think the bigger question, Mason, is are they – not good enough that this could be the year they end up in a lottery pick. Could they do a Twins this year and end Ooh. up and, and end up with a real pick and an opportunity to get one of those players that Doubles is pining for? <laughs> they they were close two years ago, right? They they could have shot the moon before getting Doobie. So yeah, uh, I'd I'd also like to point out in the Central that uh, it's the Mike Yo dowry and waiting St. Louis Blues. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I cannot wait for, for the episodes during during that shitstorm when when Mike Yo <laughs> takes uh, the Blues all the way. Ah, game great. game one, game one of the season in St. Louis. <laughs> He's just gonna angrily sip water on the bench and and plug his head and explode. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great television. Um, well, great. Uh, let's, let's. Oh God, we're so doom and gloom already. I love it. And Mike, you could have just said suffer. Jesus, you've been hanging out with doubles too long. Hey, one more thing. One more thing that I just thought of uh, in watching that Winnipeg game. The goalie to the Jeff Ellibuck or whatever his name is makes just an unbelievable save. Yeah. Uh, the the puck was like behind him and going into the net. He gives it the complete blind reach around with his glove hand and just Hello. Oh, good good blind reach around. I love it. Well, who doesn't like a good blind reach around? And <laughs> is that is that puck, I'm a blind person? Is that Braille? Puck, what is that? Uh, grab the puck out of midair and it just just guess who shot that puck. You get you get one guess. 
Palmer. Jason Palmerville. So he had to pull out the uh had to pull oh, out the snake bite. We had to pull out the facial snake bite uh picture <laughs> for uh for Palmer. Which uh when you're when you're pulling out the facial snake bite and it's still fucking September, what did that tell you? Oh. I uh, I separated my shoulder just watching the video of that safe. <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're our our pistons are firing uh, all of them to, so far this this early season. Uh, we we've got we've got facial snake bite and and a reference to a braille job. So we're we're doing good, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, all right. let's uh, let's keep it going. Um, did, did somebody have something else to add? No, you guys hear that noise in the background? Can you hear that? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, that's that's the Apple drive-through. That's the Zamboni. I got to get on the ice. Oh, you're getting on the ice. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Doubles. Then you. Final thought. Keep it short. Go. Uh, good to hear you guys again. And uh, whether we suck or not, let's have a fun year. Yeah, we're going to suffer together, so that's the only consolation we, we really have. We've got each other, so I, I don't know really how to <laughs> interpret that. But later, boys. Bye, See you later. Nick, uh, final thought? My final thought is that I am okay with the fact that this is going to be a trying year for the Wild because the Vikings are so good, they're going to take all of our blues <laughs> away and win the Super Bowl. This is the year, so we're going to be able to just bask in the glory of an NFL championship, finally. And it's going to be the Vikings against the Bills, and the Vikings <laughs> will finally prevail. That's you, my final thought. You, our, our one listener might assume that this, this podcast was recorded prior to preseason and heard at the start <laughs> of the season with, with that kind of praise of the Vikings. And the Bills, for that matter. And the Bills. The Bills. Um, Mike, final thoughts? I I cannot wait for doubles to listen back to this episode because his head is going to explode when I talk about the fact that Matt Cook is still on the wild payroll this year. What? <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. You hear that he's sound? Getting, that yep. sound? <laughs> he's yeah. Uh, he's he's getting Carter money right now. <laughs> he's getting he's getting Mark he's getting Mark Parrish money from this team. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that's so good. He should probably, you know, look up Mark Parrish and hang out and kind of discuss the best way to to spend uh, wild wild money, current wild money when you haven't played for the team in several seasons. I wonder what the best thing to do is with that money, but uh, that'll have to wait for another time. Uh, my final thought is uh, this is, this is going to be a weird season, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the kind of not <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but I'm I'm looking forward to not really being uh, paying too much attention to the team and, and getting all of my news and insight from you three assholes. I, I can't wait. It's just going to be it's probably going to be my favorite wild season ever that I won't be able to watch very much. So uh, that's fun. my final thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have to watch it, so I'll suffer vicariously through you guys. So uh, thanks very much for listening to this season's first episode of the Five Minute Major. For uh, Nick in New York and Mike Berg and uh, Doubles, who's probably already, you know, given somebody a game misconduct on the ice. Uh, This is Jared Mason, and thank you very much for watching the 5-Minute Major. Good night.